0: dollars. Hot dog. I'm Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and explore strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges, with blemishes and all. Cooperation, it's a made-up term. Cooperation describes the benefits of working with your would-be competitors towards a client's best interests. Janice Miller of Miller-Haga Law Group wrote the book, and she's today's guest. As you listen to Small Biz Guests, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully you'll find inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Janice. Hopefully you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life so much of the book is about i mean one of the chapters is give 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 one of the chapter i mean the whole the whole book is about being gracious and generous and how you run your business the premise that the client benefits and the participants benefit as if everybody by small possibility you're not the person that wins the the mentor award tell me the origin of it you know what message you want the reader to get from it and how you came about your
1: process if you don't mind for your listeners, I'm not sure they know about the networking group that you and I belong to. It's called Provisors or Professional Advisors. And part of that process is to um, know people, to like them, to trust them, and then to refer business to them. And part of that is to meet with them, not only in a, in a more formal setting, but to do these things that we call troikas or meetings meetings after and in addition to more of the more formal setting that I mentioned. Uh, I did this back in uh, January prior to COVID with two other offers, uh, authors, Davis Splain and Nancy Paul. And we were sitting having lunch and they were learning a little bit about my backstory. And they said, you need to write a book. You need to let folks know about how you work, how you operate, et cetera. And I said, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I'm, you know, have a thriving business and practice. My kids were home at the time. No way. And then COVID happened. And I found that my, I found myself a little extra time. And one of the silver linings of COVID for me was my daughter who was actually home from college for eight months. And we started talking about this notion of cooperation and and how it's okay to have people that do the same thing right smack in your space because uh clients might want Somebody taller, shorter, fat or smaller, uh, somebody with a little more experience on this end, that end, competitor. So we outlined this notion of cooperation or cooperation between competitors for the benefit of clients and for the benefit of all. And then we took it from there, Joel, and just ran with it.
0: It seems to me that cooperation is very natural among the community that you mentioned, ProVisors and other, other professional networking organizations, and the people that are most successful in it I think they practice cooperation without ever really knowing they're doing that it's almost a natural thing so one of the questions i have and i like to go through some of the chapters and have your get your take on on what you mean when you by the chapters i thought it was by the way it's a very uh clever book here's here's what i like about the book it's pithy you know it's 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 relatively brief you're not gonna have to commit more than a couple of hours to reading it but that doesn't mean it's simple. It, it assumes that you're a professional, it assumes that you're bright, it assumes that you have a vocabulary, it assumes that you have experience in your field and are good at what you do. It's, it's, it's it, although someone who's brand new in business or brand new to their profession will get benefit from it, it doesn't assume that, and you don't have to be that to get it. So it's, it's a really, a, a, a very good book for a very wide audience of people who are very good at what they do and they just wanna get better. It, it, would you say that's a fair uh, description?
1: I would say, uh, yeah, I would also say it's a combination for even young novices, uh, millennials, college students, people just starting out in business who are afraid of competitors, who yeah. are afraid of that job market and people going out and doing uh, what they do. And I think my my point here is doesn't matter. It's okay. Right.
0: The whole chapter about it's okay not to be, it's, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be imperfect. I thought that was a really important uh, important point. Oddly, it's towards the end of the book. And um, it's towards the end of the book because you use, use alphabetical, you did it <laughs> like the ABCs of cooperation, which is clever. I don't mean this as a criticism, but I also, but I do want you to think, I think that one of the important points of the book like that is one of the foundational points that it's okay not to be perfect because that's one of the things you have to do to let go and to bring in other people that fill the gaps where you may not be the best person for it. So I think I'm getting a little bit ahead of the conversation, cooperation among competitors and the the concept is that when I have a project and although I might be the good fit for 80% of the project, the 20% that I'm not a good fit for is when you bring in a, a colleague that does essentially the same thing that we do, but has that strength and you work in concert with them to give a hundred percent or a holistic solution to the client's needs. Is that a good take on
1: it? Hands down. It's multiple components, which is why we did it in six uh, 26 short chapters Right. is so that you can take, I don't want to say this is a bathroom read, but it's certainly something like you mentioned that can be done uh, at one sitting or two sittings. And if you had a moment, you wanted to refresh your recollection on something, you could just sort Sort of pop it open and stop at a particular at a particular chapter. The way the book is set up, it's set up so there's a, a story, some background, and then a key takeaway right. for um for each of these concepts that we put together. Uh, why uh you're not perfect so good over it was more um tailored to an incident that happened when it was just late night at night and I was working really hard hard uh with a client and we were jamming on something and it was really late and we were we were going pedal to the metal and getting it done and we were so proud with the work product that we did and it was eight nine o'clock and maybe even ten o'clock at night and then he said okay go ahead and send it and we added like 12 different drafts. And I said draft 11 as opposed to sending draft 12. Right. And I immediately noticed my issue and what had happened. And I had called him and he said, no problem. Just, you know, recall and send the right one. And I did. So the point of that was, yeah, you're not necessarily perfect. Um, people make mistakes. It's okay. Own up to your mistakes. Everybody makes them. It's good. True. And that was the point of that versus that you're not necessarily a right fit for someone, that that might fall into one of the other chapters, whereas I had an incident today, as a matter of fact, where I referred a a matter to somebody because while, let me me do it this way, Joe, you remember the old Venn diagrams when we were kids in school? so i do this and you do this and together we overlap a little bit Brian. joel do you remember when we were kids in high school and there were then diagrams where you had two concentric circles and they overlapped a little bit well that part in the middle is where we do the same things but i do some things on the outside of that intersection and then somebody else does something on the other side of that intersection and a particular matter that i recently had uh really forced me to think about, okay, is this something in my wheelhouse? It was not. So I referred it out to a colleague of mine who could assist the client. The client's happy at me because he was able to get uh, advice that he needed. Referral partner was happy because he has some work. Well, I'll remain top of mind next time he has something particularly that he can't handle.
0: The, the people I know that are most successful when it comes to business networking have this, seem to have this down. So is this a, is this a trait that you can teach people that don't seem to have it naturally? Do you think it's a skill? It seems to me like it's an instinct is what I'm getting at. And can you teach us as a skill?
1: Yes, but it comes from a place of, it's not just one way. There are 31 flavors. A story for the listeners, a colleague of ours, Laura Withrow, who's an employment defense lawyer for over the past 18 months, has had a mastermind group of all of the employment lawyers meeting together cooperatively to talk about best practices during COVID because things were shifting so quickly. I think that's critical and key in what we do to be able to share these best practices. And even though these folks were staunch competitors, it was okay because all the information that they were sharing benefited their clients, it benefited them, made them better lawyers, benefited their clients.
0: It was one of those things that makes you proud to be part of an organization that fosters that kind of uh, collegiate behavior among competitors. I, I think it was, when I heard that, I was really, I really loved that. And I, and I know probably five or six of these, of the employment lawyers there. And they all had only good things to say about the whole process. So I think it was really, really well done. Tell me about, there's, there's, a, there's a part of the book, one of the, the E, embrace the suck.
1: I've been uh, an athlete on and off for all my life. And when I was at Universal Studios, one of the things we did was we ran the Nautica Triathlon. And I absolutely love running and I put up with biking, but swimming in the ocean was not a favorite thing. And for two years, I went and I um, swam in the ocean and hired a coach uh, for one year to swim alongside me because it was the benefit of what was going to come from that uncomfortableness that I was willing to do it. So I embraced the sock and went in and ran the triathlon and did what I needed to do to benefit the participants, uh, you know, from the Cancer Society, right, the kids that were benefiting from, from me participating in, in that. How that applies to, to what we do? It applies every day. There are some things we have to, we have to stretch what we do, if there are certain types of things that we're doing that, that we don't know, um, we go and we research. As lawyers, we're obligated to do that as accountants, professionals, mortgage people, etc. We do a lot of things that we're uncomfortable with doing. So in this particular instance, we just went ahead and um, <laughs> took the took the ocean by storm and and did uh, and did what uh, what we needed to do. The word actually comes from a Navy SEAL commander, Brett Gleason, coined this phrase while he was talking about going to war and just getting in there and doing what you need to do for the benefit of others.
0: The result is worth the discomfort if you have your sights on. The end goal. The technical term you used in the book was the icky stuff. The icky stuff. The icky, slimy yeah, right. stuff. If you're focused on what the end result is, getting through that discomfort really is a much, becomes easier, and becomes and, and and as a result, also the 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 success becomes more gratifying as a result. We're gonna take a short break and be right back. Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crisis, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID conscious trainers to keep their members active, even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. You may remember Janice Miller of Miller Haga Law Group from our episode, Saving Nigel in season one. Miller Haga supports businesses of all sizes from large to small. No matter what phase your business is in, from startup to wind down, Miller-Haga Law Group acts as your innovative general counsel. Their experienced team of lawyers will keep the gears of your business turning. If you want to minimize your liability while maximizing your profits with competent and efficient counsel, contact MillerHaga.com for more information. That's MillerHaga, H-A-G-A.com. Welcome to our new sponsor, Jorgensen HR. Jorgensen HR believes that an employer's workforce is the single key to customer satisfaction, reputation growth, profitability, and the ultimate success of the company. Jorgensen HR works to ensure that employers are in compliance with federal, state, and local HR laws and helps assist them with almost everything else HR. Driven by passion and guided by expertise, Jorgensen HR. Please remember to mention Small BizCast when you call 661-600-2070 or visit them online at jorgensenhr.com if you know of anyone who feels lonely on their way to the top i can help hot dog business growth is for companies of all sizes for people new to business we offer the pay it forward Roundtable, a monthly half day panel discussion with your peers coupled with one-to-one private counseling with me this is super affordable and the best ojt you'll ever get as you learn to grow your business for the more seasoned, Hot Dog Business Growth offers counseling for leadership and teams. We offer sales strategies and team synergy, as well as customer service assessments and training. Our decades of business experience is on tap for you and your team. Schedule your no-obligation conversation at hotdogbizgrowth.com. You are listening to Small BizCast, and I am speaking with Janice Miller of Miller Law Group with her new book, Cooperatition.
1: We all have obstacles to overcome and it's up to us to take these challenges head on and learn from them. And um, what I said in the book was forget turning lemons into lemonade. Maybe we can turn sour grapes into wine.
0: Right. <laughs> there was one I didn't understand. Neck and neck needn't be neck and neck.
1: So your, your work is absolutely a reflection of you and what you do. And it really sets you apart from the, the good or the bad right? Amazing. So we, we had a particular incident that we, that we mentioned in the book where I had to negotiate with somebody who was a litigator. And in that particular instance, the litigator was a little more verbose than I was, loud, narcissistic, et cetera, et cetera. And those aren't the types of tactics that I use when, when I negotiate. I don't like being bullied and I don't like being lied to. Those are like the two things, right? And, and you need to really kind of play fair Mm-hmm. most most of the time but as we were going into this negotiation there were a bunch of issues that were there and this other person had a scorched earth mentality and what we tried to do in that particular instance was not bowing down to the scorched earth mentality if we would have prolonged that negotiation we would have all lost because this person was such a bully that our client would have to their detriment lost ground in that negotiation So we didn't give away our power by settling the matter early or potentially with a little less money. We just said, all right, we're not going to deal with this person anymore because we're not going to get to the desired goal of the client. So what, what it actually meant and what we actually did was try to create an environment in which we could work with our opponent instead of against them, even if we felt like they wanted a tit for a tat or neck and neck going head to head, on a particular instance, we said, all right, we'll win by letting you think you win in that particular instance. And then at that particular instance, our client still came out ahead by um, maybe taking a little less money or uh, giving in on a particular point. But mm-hmm. in the end, because this bully was such a bully, we knew we weren't going to win.
0: You changed the rules of the game without, and the other person could either play with you or not. Is that, is that what you're getting at?
1: C- correct, in that particular instance. Right, right.
0: How does that translate to other fields? Or
1: sure. Any uh, kind of
0: marketing or business development, nonprofit, how does that
1: that work in that world? It involves that the book is not just meant for lawyers, it's meant for anyone in business. Because there are people that that do what we do anywhere in business. So the same, yeah. the same rules apply. If you have somebody that's cutthroat and is somebody that that goes to get business because they're either lying to their clients or they're bullying their peers or bosses as a result of that, you just have to re- really re- reevaluate the situation. Always find out. The first question I always ask my my client after we're engaged is, "What's your goal?" and let's help you get there. Mm-hmm. And similarly, we do that with you know each negotiation, each thing. We we try to understand what the other side's um, end game is, and then we try to help our clients um, meet. Not necessarily always in the middle, but need to a to a mutual resolution of whatever the issue is. You have that in any business, whether you're a mortgage broker, you know, people go out and shop people. Whether you're a realtor, especially in this market, everyone has these same type of types of environments.
0: So that makes sense to me. Uh, but there's also another chapter called invite conflict, which yes. which seems a little bit like a contradiction, or is that just a different take?
1: We were head on, right? I'm a tran- I'm a transactional lawyer. This person is a litigator. We were in the midst of a negotiation and sometimes we work together collaboratively to work with our, our client, uh, with him as as the big bad guy and, and me as as the st- strategic partner or the consigliere. In this particular instance, I just thought and we were in a mediation and I thought he was just dead wrong, dead wrong. And he was, he was opposing
0: productive. you he, in this case. So he was opposing you. He was not your colleague. No, he, was, your colleague.
1: he, he was my colleague. He was on my okay. side. Right. And we, we had gotten, we, you know, we were in a mediation at this point in time. I couldn't ask for a break because the mediator was there and the client was there and there was no way this was pre-COVID and there was no way other than kicking them under the table. Um, I, I could have said. Hey, let's go outside for a minute. But we were hot in the middle of negotiation with the mediator. And I just had to say, with all due respect, and I apologize, I appreciate what you're trying to say, but what about X, Y, and Z? His eyes went up, the mediator's eyes went up, and we were able to get to the end game where our client benefited. I didn't want to say something negative about my colleague in front of everybody. Sure, but I, I didn't have an option in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, in inviting conflict and understanding um, that it's it's okay, we're we're better now as a result of that. You know, we always joke uh, joke about uh, this particular instance, and he, you know, he was fine with it. I was the one that was mortified about saying something negative or against his sure. thought. But it's it was done with politeness. Mm-hmm. It was done with professionalism. Right. It was done with, Hey, you know what guys, what about X, Y, and yeah. Z as opposed to, you know, you're stupid. You don't understand what the issue is. Let's just go and do that.
0: <laughs> Did you find yourself losing professional respect for this person because of the way he or she approached it? Or was Not that just, it, it, was it, or was it merely just, you were on a different plane in terms of communication and it just, you guys mixed, missed the boat someplace. Exactly. Right. How important when I'm in a cooperation with a colleague, how important is it to plan and pregame and to coordinate our
1: roles? Always. Right. Always. You don't need to be cruel to Mm -hmm. get your point across. You just need to um, be understanding. You need to give professional feedback and guidance. And again, always start and end. We, We have this one client. Uh, same colleague, by the way. We have this one client. We have a common common goal with this client. The client sometimes goes left and right, and we always refocus at the height of the top of every discussion. What is our goal, and how do we get there? Mm-hmm. What are we trying to achieve? Stay at the ten thousand foot level level before we go into the minutiae.
0: So, when you're coordinating for a common good, then do you actually break down whose role is whose? So there's no so there's no confusion at that point. And I guess in a perfect world you do, but it doesn't always, it's not always possible
1: probably. Exactly right, Joel. And that's, that's how this issue came up is in a perfect right. world, but the, the mediator in that particular example threw a curveball, And I just, I thought the the answer that came from my colleague at the time mm. was just off, off, off the wall and would not serve our client. So in the height of it, I just kindly had to say, you know, with all due respect, I think you're wrong. Here's why. And he appreciated that and it, you know, we're better and stronger for it.
0: So is that an example of keep your chin up?
1: Keeping your chin up, I think, is another story. I think keeping your chin up is when there's when there are issues that come that not always fall the way you want them to to understand. For example, we were working a really heavy MA case and it was hours and hours and hours on it MA's, mergers, and acquisitions for the listeners, if you don't know. And I had to give up doing a bunch of stuff and wasn't really happy, some personal stuff, but you know, the, the client demands required it. So we did it. We worked on this matter for four five, six months. And out of nothing that we did or not did as some deals do, it just fell apart. And it cost the, the cost the company over a million dollars, not only in our fees, but everything that happened as a result of this transaction, it died, couldn't do anything. Fast forward. And it's just about to happen on Friday. This company is going to be sold now for four X. Yeah. What the what the deal was right. that we were going to do two years ago. Right. So the, the notion of, of keeping your chin up is, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, what what if it's okay, obviously, at Monday morning quarterbacking. The lesson here is, you know, this was a difficult time. We had to do what we had to do for the client. Uh, you you're we weren't able to see. Anything in the future, but as a result of it not happening then, they were able over the past couple of years to raise the company because of COVID. And now they're selling for Forex, but they could have done Right. And that,
0: that that begs an interesting point. And so you, you have a you have a successful boutique law firm called Miller haga Law Group. Your business is largely built on this platform or this concept of cooperation. Have you done the math to figure out the difference of what your business would be if you did not adopt this philosophy? Have you at, or have you done like a snippet, just at, like a take a sampling, or I'm curious how much it's affected your business on a percentage level? You don't dollars and cents, but on a percentage level, just curious how that's um, if you if you've done the math. Uh,
1: we've not. I mean, the majority of our business comes uh, from referrals, provisors, and then clients who refer us to other people that they know. Sure. So I I would say a tremendous portion. I mean, I I practice what I preach. I do three or four referrals every time. I I played Mahjong with some friends last night that I'd met from provisors, right? During the course of that, I heard somebody say something. I've made a mental note now Mm -hmm. about what that person needs or wants. Uh, That's keeping your ear to the ground and listening for, for what people do or say. We got a referral today from somebody. I'm sending them out a bottle of wine because it's just in my DNA right right A lot of what this book stands for is a lot of common sense stuff right but it's it's all here together in one spot so that uh, any business professional can take some of the snippets and these short takeaways that we have in the book and apply them to their daily practice.
0: So here's what I suggest for all the people that believe that they do this naturally this is this is the type of book that you give to your teams. This is the type of book that you give to your staff and and you have team meetings around how can we best embrace this philosophy because once you get the entire team in one place in one emotional place when it comes to dealing with your competitors giving referrals, supporting your clients in as fully, completely as possible. When you're all on the same team, then you work in concert and as a unit, you become a better firm. Because I do believe a lot of this is instinctive. And I also believe a lot of this can be taught. And somehow, once we're all on the same page and we're speaking the same language about it, then then, then we have a greater chance to grow as big as we can and to serve our customers as well as we can. And that, of course, leads to growing bigger because we get referrals and so on. The one thing I didn't read this article, I didn't read this one. I purposely didn't read this because I wanted to hear you explain it. The articles I've read that I put my take on it, I think changes the conversation. This I go, if I read this, I, I don't want to add anything to it. I just, the, 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 it was just a it was a very intriguing title. Ready? Yep. You have any Any guesses, Janice? Yes. Which one? Vultures are circling. cooperatives beware. It's going to be the next one I was going to talk about. For me, it was quench your inner king or queen. I want to understand that.
1: I've worked out with a professional personal trainer, coach, et cetera, et cetera, for about the past two years. She calls me QOTL, queen of the land. So when we wrote the book it was something that I wanted to share in the book and that notion and the notion, the notion here is really without you, there's no one. And this is, this is more business. Maybe it's a little more self-help this particular chapter, but it stems from the fact that you need to put a balance into your life and you need to balance everything you do in business with everything you do for yourself. The me time, that you miss or don't necessarily think of without you, there's, there's no business without you, right. There's no business. There's, if you get sick, if you can't work, if you can't provide the service to your clients, then there's, there's no, uh, there's no business. So you have to have me time Uh, Oprah Winfrey is one of my favorite mentors. And she um, says, be the love you need because it's important to give yourself the same love and respect you give to others. And to me, that's non-negotiable. And you're the only person that can do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have it in you to either get it off you or you have it in you to relax or you have it in you to do something. So what this chapter is about is You need to find that spot, whether you golf, whether you go in your boat with your kid and your wife, right? Whether you go to the Dodgers game, I like to run and exercise. You have to find that little bit of time for yourself in order to make everything else better, because it all starts and stems from you.
0: Okay. And I want to just talk on a little global basis here, because as a business growth coach, I try to counsel my clients to um, create a business that can run without the principle, to to create redundancy and create methods and processes that work without you. But when you talk about without you, there's not the business. To me, that means you, everybody listening, whether you're an employee or a business owner or a sole practitioner or part of a large firm, you have to be in the business of yourself. You are the brand for for what you represent. And then the, the business that you do becomes the product. And so, You so to me, I just want to clarify my take on what you're saying, because you have to be to be your best person in as in the business you're working in. You have to be you. Is that is that a fair analysis?
1: Fair analysis.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Now, tell us about the vultures. That scared me. Ooh, Vultures.
1: We needed to find something for me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, and you didn't do vault.
1: <laughs> Touche. There you go. If I would have thought, you know, mind blowing we would have we would have done that. Sometimes there's good folks, and sometimes there's not good folks. Even in the the best, even in the best people, right? There there are not always a hundred percent straight up kind of folks. So the story that we talk about here is there was a situation where there was a, a client that had a matter, and they were going back and forth and back and forth for months with a particular lawyer. And the lawyer just insisted on racking up the time, racking up the bills, and the matter wasn't moving forward or progressing. Through a colleague, we were asked to uh, step in and see from a strategic perspective whether we could help put a spin on how to move this down the field and to uh, to get to the goal line on this one. so we found out about the we found out about the matter, and it was it was really poor sportsmanship from the other side that kept this uh, kept this churning. So um, with a little prodding, we removed the other lawyer from the other side, and we came in, stepped in, took over, and were able to get the matter, matter settled just by having an open and honest relationship with the um, opposing counsel. So, again, me being the strategist and another one of our colleagues being the litigator worked with opposing counsel to try to get the matter, uh, try to get the matter settled. So that's that's really what this means is that while we all hopefully strive to be good folks, there are some out there that are not in it to be good folks. And we just have to be aware of who these people are and to try to stay away from them and then direct our clients against them as well.
0: We covered about eight or nine of the chapters, there's 26 in all, it's called Cooperation, Cooperation Between Competitors for the Benefit of All. Janice Miller is the author and uh, you've been a great guest. Thanks for being on the podcast. In the show notes, we're gonna have links to how people can get the book. And again, I recommend that it not only be read, but it be shared with the people you work with because uh, together, when you speak the same language, you can achieve more than if one person knows what's in the book and the other people don't exactly
1: know what's in the book. Thank you, Joel.
0: Janice, thank you for sharing your stories and lessons. Cooperation is a great book for leadership. In fact, it's a great book for leadership to share with their teams. It's an excellent way to convey the vision the company has for the culture. You can find Cooperation in book or electronic form wherever you buy your books. In fact, Janice, will you do me a favor and sign my Kindle? Hey listeners, thank you for all your support and feedback. I love hearing from you. I really appreciate everything you do by sharing us on your socials. I appreciate the good comments we get and the reviews you give us. Please keep doing that. It helps others find our show. Thanks a million. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life.